Hey Pod people, I'm Benjamin Alaco. And I'm Carrie. And this is Last, last Year's, Year's Horror. Horror. This episode marks a Last Year's Horror first, as we will not be discussing a horror movie, but a documentary about a horror movie. This documentary explores the fallout when a closeted gay actor in the mid-1980s is cast in a movie that somehow none of the directors or producers realized was very obviously an allegory about a closeted gay man struggling with his sexuality, question mark? <laughs> yes. Big question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, that's... I don't know how I... I don't know if I believe that exactly. Yeah. Well... <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll get into yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, that's right. We're definitely going to be talking about Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. Not to be mistaken for Scream Queens, which if you Google Scream Queen, that's it's pretty much show. what comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I, I know. Okay. I have not seen the show, but I, I, have. I know the show. Yeah. I have. Yeah. Well, Scream Queen was directed by Roman Chimienti and Tyler Jensen, and it marks their first time directing a feature-length film. Voiceover work was written by Michael Beard, Clint Catalyst, and Leo Herrera. It primarily follows actor Mark Patton, tracing his rise, fall, and recent reemergence, with appearances and interviews from many actors involved in A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, including Kim Myers, Robert Russler, writer David Chaskin, director Jack Shoulder, and of course the man with the claws himself, Robert Englund. Scream Queen was released with a limited theatrical run on February 7th of 2020 and was released digitally and on DVD on March 3rd of 2020. If it's not this year's, it must be last year's horror. horror. It was a horrible year, but have no fear, just horror. That we're talking about Cause if it's not this year's It must be last year's Horror, horror And if it is this year's We'll talk about it next year On last year's horror And we're back Our guest this episode is our friend And co-host of her own horror movie podcast Good morning, Nancy It's Gracie Jarvis Gracie, hi I'm so happy to be back. So happy to have you back, Gracie. Yeah. I was trying to do Good Morning Nancy like you do, and it, I couldn't do it. Oh. <laughs> it's don't when try I, to steal it. When it's I their listen, signature. yeah, I was trying really hard to do it. Like, oh my god, no, do it, try it. I can't now. I'm on oh the spot. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, no, this is awesome to have you back on the show, Gracie. We've been wanting to have you back um, since we had you on in the first place. So we were talking about this a little bit off the air, but um, I do want to put it out there into the universe that the last time we had you on the show, we talked about Midsummer, yes. which, yeah, which is a movie that we probably you could talk about for several months Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Absolutely. I mean, so we... much so that I had to do my own episode about it. And, yeah, I, still, I saw that. and we still didn't get to talk about everything we wanted yeah, to talk yeah. about. We, maybe maybe here's what we do. Maybe we consider a, a spinoff podcast uh, <laughs> where we just it's just a midsummer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> then we'd like get it all out until yes. we're like, okay, we're done talking about this movie. As um, every episode is just one topic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I did have to say, cause it was, I, I still feel so bad about it because oh when, God. when we set up that interview, we're like, you just had a newborn infant, you know, around the house. Your life is so stressful. We're like, yeah, it'll be like an hour and a half. It'll be so much fun to talk about this movie. And then we had two sittings and it took about four hours of your life. And, 
<laughs> I was so mortified that we did that. I'm like, oh my oh, god, no, it's hour. nobody's fault. It's okay. <laughs> if anything, it's my son's fault. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that is true. That's true. Always blame the baby. <laughs> no, it was so much fun. And don't worry, he's obviously fine. He's not traumatized by me being gone for that much time at all so it's okay that, that was my real worry you know? he's fine <laughs> well obviously we're very happy to have you back i was gonna do the are you still there good yeah <laughs> that's my favorite part it makes me feel like i'm in story time oh my god <laughs> We're going to start with our brief spoiler-free review. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, or I should say documentary yet, no worries. Um, you just glared at me because it doesn't say that in the script. So you're like, it should say documentary. <laughs> I did a little. I was like, that's wrong. <laughs> it's our first time. There's going to be hiccups, all right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can go first then. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. So spoiler-free reviews. I mean, there's really no spoilers, I guess, because it's a documentary, right? So, um, but I guess I'll, I'll try to keep things under wraps. Uh, I mean, there is a, there is an arc here, which is like, a uh, not an arc. There's like a dramatic, there's dramatic movement throughout this, which is one of the things I like about it. But I just glowingly love the shit out of this movie. I, I really think that Anyone who's a fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, 100% check this movie out. Also, if you don't like those movies and you just want a good documentary about uh, an individual undergoing, you know, a, a pretty difficult time in his life, um, I think this is a, an awesome, like, character study of uh, Mark Patton and what he went through as as a closeted gay man playing a closeted gay man not wanting attention it's the middle of the aids crisis it's just crazy what he went through and i i really enjoyed this documentary there's there's a couple nitpicks i think um mm -hmm. i did not particularly like the voiceover work i'm mm. just gonna call mm -hmm. that out it felt yep. very like dateline or something yeah i and it only happened once in a while yeah and exactly. so it didn't feel consistent so i agree with that yeah for sure um but otherwise like it, it, these are really minor nitpicks because overall just really enjoyed the crap out of this movie and i would watch this again it was it was really great so i'm like the worst horror movie watcher in the world because I'd never actually seen Nightmare on Elm Street, any of them, until mm -hmm. like the other year. Mm -hmm. Well, you had seen the first one a while ago, right? No, like we watched it like a couple of years ago. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I went through a thing. That's right. I was, I was kind of like trying to watch all of them that I could yeah. find. And it was, it was kind of difficult to find them because we didn't have all the streaming stuff we have today. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't that it, like, I didn't want to see them. I just I don't remember them being as readily available. Mm -hmm. And now when I'm thinking about them, like maybe that was on purpose because I mm -hmm. mean, the televangelist from my hometown was in a small snippet of this documentary. That's true. <laughs> but, um, Oh wow. Yeah. I, Jerry Falwell. Yeah. So I didn't even know that this was like a thing until I saw a preview for the documentary and I was like, I have to watch this. Like, I absolutely have to see this. I thought that it was informative. I thought it was emotional and sad and uplifting and everything that you want in a documentary. <laughs> and I will just add that we we did watch um, Freddy's Revenge 
like the day before we watched yeah. this. So you have seen it now. Yes, I've seen it now. Yeah. And I had watched it like, yeah, this was probably what, oh man, eight years ago I'd watched it for the first time. Um, so, and I remember part of the reason I watched it is because I had learned that it was like infamous for like having this gay subtext. And I was like, I got to check out this movie. And I love that movie. I think it's so, it's so like ridiculous, but it's, it's so it's odd. It's, it's a so very odd, odd film. Yes. yes. Especially with this history behind it. Yes. It, you know, yeah. it kind of ad- almost adds to it. There's this weird lore and stuff behind this film. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to sound like a real B-I-T-C-H. <gasps> you didn't but like it? I did like most of it, Uh huh. but there were some parts of it that I felt were very self-indulgent mm. and very cringy. Interesting. Um, and I don't know if that is just because I don't know, because I'm an awful person. I don't know, <laughs> but I just that's definitely what it is. Like, but... <laughs> you know, looking from the outside in, well, Gracie, that's because you're an awful person. So. <laughs> but I just felt like some of it felt, I don't know. Some of it felt very strange to me mm-hmm. and in a way that, that kind of felt like I said, a little self-indulgent and, um, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll have to like, without spoilers, I guess we'd have to maybe talk about it and maybe, maybe my mind will change after this episode. Um, but I just felt like after watching it and I watched it twice cause I wanted to make sure oh. I felt this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I guess maybe for me, I wanted more of the, how this impacted queer horror mm. and less about Mark Patton's journey, because Mm -hmm. I think his journey is really interesting and it was very emotional. Um, but then I felt like towards the end, especially when he confronted, you know, I'd, like I said, I don't want to get into spoilers, I guess, but when he confronted the person that he felt like ruined his career, um, I don't feel like anything really came of it. And I, Hmm. I felt like he sort of said, okay, thank you. I heard what I needed to hear. And then I feel better now and moved on. Right. And I don't feel like that is the case that didn't feel, it didn't feel genuine to me at the end. So it kind of felt like it ended on a weird note Hmm. and, um, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, so I was, I, I've started collecting reviews for these, any, any movie that we discuss on the show Mm -hmm. and you're not alone in that. So that's it. That's literally like what I was waiting to hear you say is that you wanted less of the Mark Patton stuff and more of kind of like the bigger picture. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's called Scream Queen, My Nightmare on All Street. It's about right. him. Yeah. But I guess I didn't really want it to be. <laughs> you know, that sounds awful. But yeah. I, I really liked what I heard at first. But then towards the end, I was like, okay, I want to talk to more of the queer horror fans and how this affected them and, right. and how this affected queer horror in general afterwards and stuff because a lot of people said this was the first queer film horror film yeah. and we know that's not true yeah. um i mean it's probably the most uh it's not there's i mean people say like the subtext and there is no subtext this is all text but it's probably <laughs> yeah. the first queer horror film without without any subtext i guess mm-hmm. but i guess it just i don't know i've wanted to hear more about that i guess yeah i think I'm I'm very excited to talk about this. I think that that's, for me, it was more like, like uh, 101 
queer horror i was like sweet now i can go look up all these other movies right. and mm-hmm. all this like professor and see if he has any stuff out there yeah but like yeah i i mean i i could see that i i still liked it but yeah. i could see what you're saying oh definitely i think for me it was like the ending was what kind of like capped it off for me i was like you know i was like uh, i kind of wish this went another way right because i really like how it started and then yeah. after a while, I was like, eh, I really wish that there was something else going on here. But I have we'll a theory. Yeah. 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 I would love to hear your theory. So. Yeah. So let's let's take that as a time to pivot beyond the, the spoiler wall. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's hard to even say that these are spoilers, but let's just dive into all things in the movie and then we don't have to worry about what we're talking about. So uh, definitely, if you want to watch this movie, go do so pause us then come back um and we will not ruin anything for you so yeah so where to where do we want to begin um do we want to start with that ending i kind of i want to build up to it are you you smelling your pits over there yeah i realize we have a horror situation happening and i didn't put on deodorant today I just look over. Oh my doing, god! Story of my life. <laughs> trying to do the transition, and Carrie's got her arm like in her or her face in her armpit. Yeah, sorry about that. <clears throat> so yeah, where do we want to begin? Um, I, I I I do want to say before I guess before we jump in and just start talking about the ending and stuff, we can we can build up to it a little bit because I also I was not very into like the first three to five minutes of this actually that's because the first of three to five minutes is um some guy doing voiceover (laughs) yes and it's a trailer it's a trailer for what we're about to watch it felt very it felt very tv like made for tv like this was gonna be an episode that uh, of something that would get played on TV and it'd be like, what we're about to watch is the journey of a man who blah, 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 you know? And yeah. Like you said, <laughs> Dateline. It was, yeah. very, it was very weird. Yeah. Maybe this is because I am a huge Dateline fan <laughs> and I do watch a lot of TV true crime. <laughs> but I liked it because it was kind of setting up the plot, like the setting is what I'm trying to say. Like where yeah. we were in time, like what was happening. Like I learned stuff i didn't know i was like oh yeah i guess vhs did make the horror movie like what it is so i kind of appreciated that and i also liked it was a choice like it 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 was a definite choice that they were making so i i wasn't upset with the voiceover i'm not gonna lie it didn't bother me but again i watch way too much true crime (laughs) stuff on tv so i probably am just used to hearing these voiceovers and i'm like oh yeah and that's totally fine but one of the things they kept saying that I liked was like the Greta Garbo of horror. And I kept meaning to look that up. What happened to Greta Garbo? She, she disappeared for a little bit, just like Mark Patton did. Hmm. Um, and I don't know the full story, but I just know that she kind of went off the grid. Very similar. Interesting. Cause she and, was like yeah. a silver screen queen. Yeah. Silver screen. She yeah. was a, yeah, she was a queen of the silver screen. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I don't really know who Greta Garbo is. I should not admit that, but it's okay. Sorry. Well, world. I mean, she wasn't from what I think, I, I don't know for sure, I guess I'm just, but I don't think she was ever in any horror. Yeah. So, no. Okay. I feel it... less bad, but I just feel uncultured at this point. Well, you know. I don't have my phone, so we might. I might be saying something completely wrong. But I thought she was like rumored to be bisexual. 
So I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. I actually don't, I don't know. So she easily could have been, I mean, she, I just, all I know is, is that she had a really private life. Yeah. She like, I don't know. Like she disappeared for a little bit there. Um, I think she had depression and was bipolar even. Hmm. Gotcha. But I don't know. I don't know anything else about her Hmm. life. I just, it's, it's, something i just because i said it like two or three times and i was like i want to i feel like there's a deeper connection than just Mm. disappearing Mm -hmm. but i gotta look into this i do have a biography about her that i haven't read but that's neither here nor there i'm sorry let's let's continue with the horror (laughs) yeah if i mean if anybody knows um contact the hosts of (laughs) last year's horror and let them know (laughs) yeah tell us about greta garbo we need a history lesson Oh, before we jump in, just just real quick, uh, we were watching this and we were like, wait a minute, we technically saw Mark Patton at a horror convention yeah, we near walked us by him. like three years ago, something like that. Yeah, we walked by him. We had a chance to say hi, but... He had a big line. He did have a big line and we were like, this is too much. And so we went straight to uh, the, the two dudes. Um, I'm going to draw a blank on their names, but uh, the tel- Devil's Rejects guys. Yeah. We went, oh, we went were you guys at the um, Turning Stone? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were there too Yeah, at one point. And I did see Mark, but I didn't see him. Like, just yeah. how like you saw him, but didn't see him. Yep. Yeah, we like walked by and we were like, oh, that's him. That's awesome. Which, yeah. can I just, is it okay if I just jump into like yeah. the celebrity 100%. part yeah. of this? Yes. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. And maybe this is why I kind of feel like there's a, a slight hint of cringe to this film Uh um but i have a really hard time meeting famous people and when i meet (laughs) say famous people i mean like people that i look up to right yeah if i ever met brad pitt i would not care and i it's so funny that they said (laughs) in this like if i would rather meet you than brad pitt kind of thing Mm -hmm. um but like when it comes to like your 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 heroes and horror especially i there there is something really weird about giving somebody your money mm-hmm. yeah. and then having them sign an old picture of themselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. There is something so weirdly cringe about that and and like I said maybe that's just me. Yeah. But like when I met Skeet Ulrich when I yep. went to that same <laughs> convention. Yep. He was super great. He was super nice to me. It was not like th- that. The meeting itself was not weird. But when I went up to the counter, the lady sitting next to him was like, oh, it's such and such dollars. And I didn't have enough in my purse. So I had mm. to leave and go get money from the ATM and then come back and then yeah. pay. And I th- and I thought it was so spot on when Mark said that you feel like a whore when yeah. at, when you are this person. Yeah. And it felt like that for me. I felt like I was paying a sex worker. <laughs> Not that I've ever done that before. But we caught you. We caught yeah, you on no, our show. Real, but it felt like this is must be what it's like to pay for sex work. It's so awkward, right? And and um, or like I a don't... date, like an escort, even right? Like maybe like just pay for somebody's time just seems yeah, weird. yeah. It seems so weird to me. And and like I said, maybe that's just me. I know people who meet all kinds of people, spend mm-hmm. all kinds of money, get all kinds of autographs, which I think is great. If yeah. if you can get past that cringe, good yeah. on you because. I don't think I can. Yeah. And I was talking to my co-host Abby about it because she was there as well. And she got 
um, she talked to uh, one of the guys from Devil's Rejects as well. Mm-hmm. And um, she said it was, she goes, it was almost kind of sad because yeah. it was like, you pay the money, you take a selfie, you talk for like less than a minute even sometimes yeah. if the line is really long and then you move on and you're like, what was that? Like it was weird. Yeah. You know, it's very weird. And for sure. I think the only time that it never didn't feel weird was when I met um, Barry Boswick, mm-hmm. who played Brad, mm-hmm. and yep. he was super chill. Like, That's awesome. It was like, yeah. So it was different. That yeah. experience was a lot different. He was like, take as many pictures as you want. Like, let's talk, blah, blah. He, like, made time for us. Like, it was yeah. not weird at all. And, like, I kind of even forgot that I paid money to, like, talk to him. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like any other experience that I had had it felt kind of like, okay, we'll pay this lady and then I'll come take a picture with you. It was just, you know what I mean? So I'm sorry, I'm going on and on, but like, I loved how they covered that in this documentary because that felt so relatable to me. (laughs) For sure. And like, you know, it, it was actually at that same convention that we're talking about. Um, but the thing that, the thing that actually kind of got me on board with that whole culture is, it was actually Matthew Lillard because because mm. him and Skeet Ulrich did the talk. I don't know. Did did you see them do the no, talk? No, I didn't. The day they did the talk was the day my sister got married. Gotcha. <laughs> so I couldn't okay, go yeah, to that. I couldn't yeah. go to that. I went. You were to like, the... sorry, I gotta go see Skeet. Sorry. Yeah, I know she would have been so sad. <laughs> no, um, I didn't. So he actually said something. He he was great. Uh, you know, they they just did a, a quick kind of chat in front of everyone or whatever as a panel or you know whatever mm-hmm. and uh he was really down to earth and he was yeah. basically like he was basically like thank you all for coming and you know it is weird that you know we stand in line you pay we we you know stand there and we take a picture but this is our livelihood in a certain way he's like especially even even someone like matthew lillard who you think of as you know, he's loaded or something, right? He's like, well, you only make a movie how often? Several couple years. You make it, you know, sometimes you make a lot of money, sometimes you don't. And he's like, for a lot of people who are in the in-between there, these conventions are just like how they make their living or how they right. continue to get paid. It's like, yeah. it's either, he was basically like, it's either this or you're going to see our asses in a bunch of commercials and you're going to hate it. So, <laughs> so right. I was like... And, that's, and you know what? He, I've never met him, but he, from what I've heard, he is so so down to earth and he's so yeah. cool about that stuff he was so super cool he would be somebody that you would want to meet in person yeah. and i can see how mark Patton had a huge line of people wanting to talk to him because yeah. i'm sure he had a lot of people who who really enjoy his time and you know, like he said in the documentary if you're gonna be a whore it'd be a good one mm-hmm. <laughs> right and that's ex- you know and that's appreciate like i appreciate that for yeah. sure there's so. there's definitely a lot of that awkwardness with those whole things though it's a it's a whole weird thing and it's oh, why yeah. i think we only paid for yeah bill mosley and why am i gonna drop sid. link yeah sid um but sid he gave us a discount because we already gave money to bill and he was that's like that's true he yeah. was like and eh, you already got you already paid yeah. for this bill, bill was super cool <laughs> and easy to talk to yeah and we talked to good. bill for like 10 15 Minutes, yeah. yeah, we we stayed our welcome, outstayed our welcome. I don't know, but yeah, we got our money's worth. Yeah, Take that so that's bill. good. I think sometimes, <laughs> I think sometimes you get people that you are just like. Uh, I mean, okay, so I guess I'm so sorry. Another story is mm-hmm. that I met the gentleman who uh, played the Hulk 
Oh, in that TV oh. show. What's his name? I was going to say, yeah. Oh, Lou Ferrigno? Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, Gracie, no. So Whatever was, you're about to say. <laughs> he was the first person I met, and I actually didn't get an autograph. I was very new to conventions. Yeah. I was super young. I walked up to his table, and I said, hi, I just want to shake your hand. And he said, okay, do you want a picture? And I said, uh, no. And he's like, okay, well, I can't talk to you right now. And he yeah. basically shooed me away. And he I was like, a okay. known douche, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, he is. And so I was like, uh. But that's, like, just an example of, like, yep. the cringe that comes yep. with meeting people and stuff. And For sure. And so it's just like, yeah. That, so I, like I said, I really liked how they covered that in yeah. this. I thought that that was a great thing, actually, to cover, is the convention life of these actors. Yeah. I think that it was like just good in general because I didn't know that conventions were a thing until someone at our job mm-hmm. recommended it to Ben because he liked horror mm-hmm. and I didn't really know anything about this. Like I didn't know conventions were like a big thing. I feel yeah. like so late coming to the horror game. Yeah. I'm really sorry, y'all. <laughs> I should I for... should I say again I'm from a televangelist town? <laughs> <laughs> I think for me it's like because I think I see them in person, it's different. But I I have met loads of voice actors because I also really mm. like anime. So I've l- met a lot of voice actors. There is something different about the voice acting community. Mm. There's something more playful, less awkward. Um, most of the time they don't ask for money. Mm. It's mostly free. They will sign wow. things for free. They will talk to you for free. I don't know if the convention gives them something afterwards or whatever. Like yeah. They get part of the whatever. But you never, like, since I've been going to anime conventions, I haven't been to one in a long time, but I've never had to pay for a voice actor's autograph or picture. They should do so some kind of thing. So maybe there's that. Yeah, they should do some kind of thing where it's like, we don't do photographs or whatever for money, but if you want my voice on tape, I'll record. <laughs> well, and what's so funny second. is that they wouldn't do that either, because I know a lot of them would, would record like voicemails on people's phones and I stuff. I was thinking and about they that, did, yeah. They didn't ask for any money. And like oh, I man. said, uh, yeah, and like I said, I don't know if it's because... They get like something at the end of the convention, right. like they get some of the whatever it costs to get in or whatever. But yeah. I, there is, there is way less cringe meeting huh. voice actors. So maybe it's because I have both those experiences that I'm like, eh, maybe I feel that way when I meet horror yeah. people, but I don't know. Yeah. Don't... Maybe it's just because those, those snooty voice actors are so rich that they don't even have to think about money. You know, they're just I don't like, know yeah, if I they do this. Are. I do this for charity. No, I, I don't I'm think just they're rich at all. <laughs> I, I, you, wait a minute. You don't think that voice actors make no. more than movie stars? Oh, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so, so let's uh, pivot back to the movie for a moment. And, and so like, I, I want to talk a little bit about like for me, I just want to say that I was so endeared to Mark Patton from the start of this. And I I think if you're not taken into his persona and who he is and and kind of what he went through and and like Mm -hmm. are interested or whatever in his experience, I think this movie is kind of like, okay, buddy, like that's all great. Well and good. You know, you went through something, but you know, it's interesting, but I want to learn more about these other things. But like, I was just so endeared to him you know he's coming from this 
like a repressive community mm -hmm. and he can't be himself. He goes to New York. He finds his people, you know, queer culture. He ends up just kind of literally just walking into uh, an ad or, or an agency and, and getting an agent and starting booking commercials and stuff, which also just kind of shows one, like how, to me, how predatory and exploitive Hollywood is in that whole system because they're literally just like he said that they didn't even need to hear him talk. They just looked at him and they were like, yeah, you're going to make us a ton of money in commercials. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's so gross. Um, but I guess at least he's making it question mark. Yeah. He was 17 too. So he yeah. was just a baby. So young. So. I, that, that's what I wasn't sure. I wanted to ask, but that's what he says, right? He's 17 when he left home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he said if he would have stayed, crazy. some redneck would have killed him. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. If he stayed in his hometown, some redneck would have killed him on a dirt road. And I'm mm -hmm. like, unfortunately, like ho that's horrible, but it's it, it's not beyond the realm of possibility, you know, mm -hmm. if you think about the culture at the time and everything. So I was just endeared to him and... Having known a little bit about some of that history with this movie and the controversy around it, I was just really intrigued. And I had no idea, too, that it wasn't until they did... There's like that... I haven't watched it yet, but there's like this that nine-hour documentary or whatever, Never Sleep Again. Yeah, I've seen parts of it. I've never yeah. seen the whole thing. It is so long. I it's I wanted to long. sit. Yeah, I wanted to sit down and watch it one time, and I was like, okay, yeah, let's start this. And I was like, uh, <laughs> looking at the runtime, hmm, maybe yeah. not. <laughs> I don't want this to be my entire week. You know, and I am I'm actually not a huge fan of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I yeah. think if I was a huge fan, if that was a nine hour scream, yeah, for sure, I'd watch <laughs> sure. it. Yeah. yeah yeah but it wasn't until that that he kind of resurfaced like he was gone for that long from whatever it would have been then mid 1985 or yeah. 86 until like, 2010 yeah that's crazy yeah i said it was like 30 years or something yeah so i think a lot of people who who wrote negative things about this movie wrote that they feel like oh mark Patton, kind of like the director says to him at the end that the director of Freddy's Revenge says, you know, basically, I think you got to get over it. And I think there's some people who get to that point in the movie and are like, yeah, Mark, you do need to get over it. And then there's other people. And I would count myself in this camp who's like, you basically you all basically outed this guy at the worst time. He went through trauma. And yeah, you can't tell someone to get over trauma. Yeah. yeah, that was a huge cringe part for me, too. Yeah. Was watching that. I was like, Ugh. I yeah. was like, you don't have a right to tell exactly. somebody to get over something like yeah. that's for them to figure out and for them to to do. And that's not for you to say get over it and i that mm -hmm. was one part where i was like yes. i was like this is so cringe like it was, I was like, <laughs> but it, to me it wasn't cringe for the for the filmmakers it was cringe because i was like fuck this guy like you don't yeah you don't understand and i just mark's body language in that conversation too i was like i feel so bad for mark because i the the, the director and the writer that 
he talks to and he confronts the writer. Um, uh, what's, what's David yeah. Chast- Chaskin. Yeah. yeah, Chaskin. So he confronts him and these guys, to me, I guess technically they're all boomers, but these guys are like the boomers. Like their body oh, language yeah. and, and their feeling of like, I feel like it's just this this old school white guy mentality of like, I'm the authority on X, Y, and Z and you need to hear my perspective on everything. But can I say that I feel like Mark kind of gave that off as well at the end. I feel like all three of them, the director, the writer, and Mark, Hmm. kind of had this weird, like, energy to them. And it felt like it was was weird. It felt forced. It felt, like I said, self-indulgent on everybody's Hmm. case. And I just was like, it was like watching a bunch of boomers fight over who was in charge. And I just was sat there and like my, my hands were over my face and I was like, what? I was <laughs> like, we need a therapist in here to like yeah. monitor this. Like, I just felt like, I don't know. It felt really weird to me and it didn't feel like it ended on anything. And Can I think you- Carrie, you said you had something to add to that. Yeah. Well, I was just going to ask really quick if you could like clarify what do you mean where even mark seemed like Um, i think because mark was like very accusatory towards david not that i'm saying david is free Mm -hmm. of any blame because he absolutely is but i think david also kind of brought up a really good point where he was like yeah but like it was jack's job to tell you to tone it down or tone it up or do whatever as the director right do you know what i mean so i feel like there were some parts of it that i that uh mark was like well you wrote it like this and he's like well i wrote it like this but then you performed it like this you actually performed it differently like he kind of like contradicts himself and sometimes and yeah and I don't know if that's because he's misremembering something or he is so traumatized by what happened as a result of this film that he is kind of bringing up some things that because he even says at the end, he goes, I was blaming David for AIDS. I was blaming David for yeah. other traumas that happened to me. And that wasn't what happened. And I, I almost felt like there was this weird tension with this weird blame and this weird unresolved trauma happening between David and and Mark and but then it didn't feel like it really ended like it he said well okay I heard what I needed to hear you apologized and I was like I feel like there's more though I feel like there's more going on so there I so I think that the documentarian director I don't think they showed off the conversation you're right I don't think they did either because he's Mark said that he said stuff he's never told people before basically Mm -hmm. so I think that they were trying to like honor his wishes by not putting some of the like him fully going through the process of being like okay yeah you are sorry like i'm sorry i think they just kind of summed it up like so they wouldn't have to put all of his baggage out there and you know that makes a lot of sense um but i think when you view it for me at least when i viewed it head on i thought like there's i feel like there's more happening here and i'm not hearing it i'm not seeing it right and and so as an audience member I felt like the documentary that was playing in front of me was not being genuine because they cut stuff out probably. And and so I just, so as a viewer, I just felt like there's more to the story. I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like something 
is unresolved here. Mm. So yeah, to me, that's it was just the director I, that was unresolved. Yeah, I feel like you know they should have had all three of them talking. Yeah, quite honestly, I, I worry though that if they had, and I think Mark actually kind of says this. He's like this this conversation couldn't have happened in I can't remember where they were like Dallas or something. Florida. Yeah, Florida. He's like mm. <laughs> Dallas. I don't know. <laughs> yes, um, well, that's right. Because Florida was where they were at the convention. Right, Florida, with everybody Fort there. Yeah. So yeah. he was like this. This couldn't have happened in Florida. It needed to be between the two of them and so here's here's and maybe my... some stuff and maybe some stuff did yeah. get brought up with like like carrie said like that was with about jack <laughs> right like, who knows and so here's here's kind of my interpretation of that ending because i i i actually kind of i know exactly what am i trying to say i totally understand what you're saying gracie and i feel like i feel like there's so much going on with mark Mm-hmm. that he did i think he resented the shit out of david chaskin and he he kind of singled him out as his own personal scapegoat i feel like because mm-hmm. i he... think it's oh i'm so sorry i, well, I go yeah. ahead i'm sorry no go ahead oh i think you're you're right and i think it's because david was the one who actually said well mark made it gay Right. And it's like, ooh, right. yeah. <laughs> don't talk like that. So, because I, I feel like David, yeah. David is so indicative of, or, or like exemplary of that kind of, yeah, that whole authoritarian white guy. I, I'm not taking any blame. I'm going to push this off. I, I didn't even know about, you know, whatever. It's just whatever. And I think, like Carrie said, I think that Mark has trauma here that he's he hasn't unpacked in 30 years. Yeah. Really. And he, so he's been sitting on this for 30 years and just resenting it more and more and kind of like picking up on these snippets of conversation that David Chaskin is having in these magazines and stuff. And and there's definitely some stuff that I want to circle back to about what David said that I'm like, I don't know what he means here and it makes me uncomfortable. But yes. like, I I... When Mark kind of reflects on that conversation, it did feel a little bit like, well, I didn't really see everything resolved in the way that he sees it resolved. But for him to feel that way, like, I'm glad that he got out of that conversation enough to realize, I, I, I felt like he realized that he was putting too much on David Chaskin. Like David, David Chaskin's not blameless. I think no. he did some shit and said some shit that was awful. Right. And, and that, you know, Mark had every right to be pissed at him. But I think that what Mark says seems like he was putting all of his experiences with all this trauma and all his anger and frustrations to be like, if it wasn't for this guy, you know, I, I would have stayed in Hollywood or I would have blah, blah, blah. You know, um, he made it all about me and whatever. And I think he's realizing at the end of this documentary, like, oh, you know, it, it's really much bigger than him. And that was kind of my interpretation. So I, I felt like he was recognizing that he was putting too much on this particular guy, but not diminishing his own experience you know Mm -hmm. because like 
I, I do feel like it's it must have been a traumatic thing. I mean, he lost like everyone from his generation who was gay, you know? Yeah, he, yeah. Well, and that's a huge thing, too. It's like it was almost like I think someone even said in this documentary that this movie was the perfect storm. Mm hmm. Like the everyone who was involved, plus the time it came out. Yeah. Was like this yeah. huge thing. And yeah. I think if this had come out any earlier or even any later, it would have been a completely different experience for yeah. Mark. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't. And I think that he had a lot of hopes and a lot of dreams yeah. and a lot of and a lot of love that was squashed that yeah. and died and i mean love the love of his life then died so sad so yeah i think that that was probably where i was getting a lot of this weird self-indulgent thing i think mm -hmm. he was making a lot of that about himself and then i think you're right you're right he did at the end say it's bigger than me mm -hmm. so i think you know i think like hearing you say that i'm like yeah he did say that and so i am changing my mind in that sense where there is sort of an arc at the end yay um, yeah accomplished <laughs> and i but, think but i did feel like there was so much going on there was so much trauma and so much going on in his head and a lot of blame was being put to to things that i was like i don't feel like this is right like i just felt like yeah it just didn't feel right to me so but but I do see what you're saying, that there is there is definitely an arc at the end there. Yeah, because I was going to say, I noticed that, but also just like after he kind of came to this realization, I mean, we focus more on his art, like mm -hmm. his more right. like his spirituality. And we yes. also focused on like his activism that he does now. So I think that like that was showing how he's kind of become whole again mm -hmm. with and like, you know, he accepted his part and is moving on which yeah. i think is like a beautiful wonderful thing and i'm gonna get so sidetracked i just i have like other million other places my mind wants to go, just go yeah there. Uh, yeah let's go there <laughs> um i don't know well, you said as well ben that you there was something you wanted to talk oh, about like david chaskin yeah particularly let's do that first so David Chaskin at the end said something that I was like, what does that mean? He said in the, his conversation with Mark, I don't want to promote homophobia, but oh. I don't want to point it out either. Yeah. And the phrasing there, I was like, what? And, and Mark's reaction was just kind of like, okay, I get that. And it was like, he was like, very do you, see, do you see what i mean like i yeah. felt like there was some there was so much missing from that final conversation i almost felt like because mark what mark had said as almost an immediate follow-up to that to me was his way of being like look i'm not going to shout at this guy he did say he's sorry if he hurt me that's where i'm upset with this guy this guy's clearly like I'm unpacking a lot here. So maybe, you know, take this with a grain of salt, but I feel like he's looking at this guy and saying like, you know, he didn't intend to harm me. He's an imperfect person. Everyone's imperfect. I'm imperfect. I think he even says that at one point, we've mm -hmm. all made mistakes. I've made mistakes, but I got what I needed out of this conversation. And, but I, I feel like he was looking for, and even said this, he was looking for that apology. He was looking for that moment of, you know, 
I, I wasn't intending to hurt you and I'm sorry if I did. And so when he got that, I feel like he was just kind of like, okay, smile and nod and like back out of the room now, you know? <laughs> so like, I don't, I don't think that he's, I don't, I don't think this movie is really about is, you know, is David Chaskin a bad person or a bigot or something? Mm-hmm. I think the, the arc really was like, is Mark going to be able to heal and make peace with what happened to him? So that's, that's why for me, I feel like I find the ending more satisfying because I'm like, I'm just glad that Mark feels like he got what he needed and he's doing something that's proactive and he's being there for his community in ways that, you know, he's putting himself out there in ways that still have to be uncomfortable in a lot of ways, you know? So, but, but it was that just to go back to it. Like, I didn't know what to make of what Chaskin said there. I don't want to yeah, promote homophobia. I, think, I don't want to point it out. Like, what? you know, and I just to clarify, I real I think that's why I was so like, what mm-hmm. at the end of the film? Because I, th- I feel like there was things that I wasn't understanding things that I wasn't getting. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm so shocked that Mark is okay at the end of this. Like, I was just like, what is happening? I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't understand what that meant either. Carrie, do you have any idea what he means by that? I, I, hmm. I think that he was finally honest where he was like, I was being exploitive. Right. Um, I think that's all it comes down to. I think he was trying to find ways out of saying that he was being an asshole and taking advantage of oh. a culture. Mm. And um, so I think that he kind of dug himself into a little hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And depending on who he was speaking with, he was trying to wiggle his way out. Mm-hmm. I So here, okay, can I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but mm-hmm. like you, you triggered this thought in my mind. Mm-hmm. I think we may be missing a piece of context for that like that line that he has because like they talk about very I, I don't have any lines or anything written down but they talk about and I think he kind of admits in a, in a sideways way that Freddy's Revenge is a homophobic movie yeah he says yes. like yeah so I think if he's specifically referring to the movie itself then he's saying I don't want to point out my own homophobia in this movie. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to promote homophobia, but I don't want to point to it and say I was homophobic. I'm homophobic. Basically, yeah. yes, yes, that is a good observation. I, th- I think as much as I didn't want to like David, I think I don't know. He could have all just been for show, but I think that it got to also 30, 40 years from when he wrote it, he yeah. realized that like gay people aren't the boogeyman and like i think he also had a transformation because he wouldn't have apologized in 1985 no but he apologized (laughs) yeah Yeah. and he he, denied it yeah he did finally apologize in 2020 or whatever yeah yeah 2019 whenever they recorded this Yeah. yeah yeah so i think i would like to say that he went through his own growth as a human yeah because to me he didn't seem like daddy warbucks like the director like at least (laughs) at least daddy warbucks is a nice person though. (laughs) that's true okay um a bad person then um he at least like seemed to have a transformation and even like articles that were released later he admitted certain things because they would show those throughout the film 
So I think he kind of had his own transformation. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, I'm still really mad at the director because not only because I have PTSD and if some when people tell me to get over things, I'm like, I will literally murder you and probably get away with it because you triggered me. Like, fuck you. But, like, (laughs) um, and people have told me that. Sorry, I got distracted on that no, thought for that a second. No, that is like a huge, that was like, said, like a huge <laughs> cringe part for me where I was just yeah. like, Ugh. Yeah. So I knew this man. I was like, he has had no development. He has not, he has no empathy. He has not yeah. grown. This man is the man that I'm mad at. I'm not so much mad at the writer anymore. Yeah. I'm, and I'm proud of Mark for like, coming to terms with everything and being able to move on because again also as someone with ptsd like it's not always like a rainbow with birds chirping when you come to these conclusions sometimes you're right you're just driving home and you're like shit i can't be mad about this anymore like yeah right. it just it's a perfect like it all adds up and you're like i'm over it like yeah i finally come to terms with this part now mm-hmm. it's time to move on to the next part mm-hmm. so that's I don't know that's yeah. my whole com like no I think that's a really I think you have a really unique insight to this film so I really appreciate your <laughs> no I really appreciate um, your insight because like I said you have a unique connection to that and um, and that's something that I I don't have a connection to so hearing your side of it really helps open my eyes to see like how the film is going because there is a part of me that's like. Ah, like it's the whole throughout the whole thing I thought there needs to be a therapist here somebody needs to yeah. monitor what is it all these conversations that are happening like yeah. ah, that's what made me uncomfortable and I think that um that's a good thing that I was uncomfortable yeah I, yeah. Be uncomfortable I think you're in that supposed trauma. to be yeah. Yeah. yeah agreed yep the thing that also because I just saw my note like the director in their conversation in Florida he was even victim blaming Oh, he, for sure. he was yes. telling Mark that he didn't seem happy and she was cranky yes. and all this the stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, sir, sir. <laughs> yeah. Think about it for a second, man. Like right. that, that was the thing. So this director, Jack shoulder, I don't, I I don't know him. this guy. Maybe he's not a horrible person. What I'll say is his, the way he comes across in this film is, is just so, like I know everything. Like the, the they have that conversation in Florida. Time passes and and he takes it upon himself to clearly arrange this meeting with Mark. And I don't know, you know, who contacts the in that case who contacts the the filmmakers that, you know, of this movie that we're watching, but like he took it upon himself to contact Mark and be like, "I want to I want to talk to you about this, you know?" Mm-hmm. Because I have a perspective that you should hear. And, like, he he did all of this thinking that, like, his perspective is so important mm. that he then has to sit down with Mark and be like, here's my perspective. Get over it. And it's like, yeah. fuck you, dude. Like, you don't think that, like, someone who's who's been dealing with this shit for 30 years would like to get over it? Like, you know who not... they sh- You know who they should have had more of on there was Clue hmm. Gulliger. Because Clue Gulliger, who plays the dad in the movie, that's what I try to remember. Oh, I was yeah, like, okay. who? I was like, wait, who is this? <laughs> he is the nicest, most <laughs> delicate human being Aww. ever, and he really felt bad for Mark. And I think mm. we should have had a conversation with yeah. Clue Gulliger and Mark Patton 
that would have been a way better conversation <laughs> than with Jack and Mark. Aww, I feel yeah. Like. yeah, I I loved um oh, what what's his name the the guy who plays the friend. Yeah, um, Russ, I, I have his name. Something. Yeah, I wrote it down. Ro- Robert Russler, I believe yes. that's him. So Robert Russler cracked me up because even he. He, I think he was the one who was basically like, it was, it was right on the page. He was like, I was in the audition and I knew this was a gay movie. Right. And and he calls out the director in that Florida conversation where he like jumps up and kind of is like, he's like, he's like, I knew it in my audition. And like the director is just like, <laughs> oh, shrug, you know. And, and I'm just like, I just love that he's so boisterous and he's able to be like, yeah, of course it was a gay movie. We all knew it was a gay movie. Right. And I'm like, I, I love this guy who's who was able to to embrace that and he just seemed really personable and i was like i i wanted more of him as well yeah i wish there was more of him talking with like i yeah. you know i feel like it would have been um i don't want to say healthier yeah, <laughs> but like, it, i think cathartic. it kind of would have been yeah. yeah more cathartic to have conversations with them and i i don't know but i guess yeah. for a documentary you gotta have the right. bad guys who feel like they know everything <laughs> yeah. and just tell you know and that yeah that part was really oof that yeah. was tough for me yeah. to watch or or you end up making a nine-hour documentary right. that no one ends up watching. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's also that option well True. i i do have to take a second because i have to talk about like the big thing for me um i mean obviously mark's trauma like i always pick up on other people's trauma and i like watching them have a happy ending as mm-hmm. opposed to a sad ending um i really love that he does art now it made me mm-hmm. very happy um but so again i grew up in a televangelist town mm-hmm. um the televangelist whom was from my hometown was even in the film for a snippet um he in, in the part where they're basically like oh you know uh gayness was uh, demonized and stuff yeah that part yeah like, that's rough yeah, so he's, i he's in there for the yeah. i feel like i have to take a second because um clearly i'm from a very um what's the word i'm looking for conservative conservative um repressed yeah. area of the mm-hmm. country so jerry falwell senior is the man i'm talking about he's the one who blamed 9 11 like the twin towers falling on gay people like in 2001 i'm, sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm just he laughing said, because it's so ridiculous no i know he yeah. said that it was god's way of punishing all of us for letting gay people run them around yeah he basically. did that with, like every natural disaster and yes. stuff too yeah he also was the one that said the purple teletubby was gay right. just giving you guys some background in case oh you heard God. of these when we were growing up <laughs> so gracie has a big vein in yeah her forehead i think right my now, just... brain melted <laughs> yeah. yeah so i have to kind of speak i'm an ally i i do not identify as lgbtq plus but i am an ally and i was always kind of an outsider growing up um i was very liberal i never liked bullying i was into like punk music i wasn't into like girly things like you know i was definitely an outsider so outsiders attract other outsiders and I hung out with a lot of people who are members of the LGBTQ plus community. And I feel like I have to say something on their behalf because um, one of my friends actually texted me (laughs) to remind me to kind of say something and how important this movie was to them. Yeah. Um, And how important he actually is to the community. 
Because, yes. Yes, Mark. Mm -hmm. Because so many people died. Mm -hmm. And even I was a dancer and like my dance professor always talked about how like everyone she danced with was dead because of AIDS. Right. Yeah. Like it really wiped out a huge community. And it it's wiped out a generation for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. And he he has HIV AIDS, which yeah. is crazy too. Like yeah. He yes. survived it. Yeah. yeah. And I just I think like to me that was obviously it, it's a good reminder especially now because we have come so far but then we just had trump in office who yeah. was re-promoting hate who was you know best pals with jerry falwell jr who mm -hmm. continues his father's legacy um mm. so i think it's nice to remind people that one you're not alone in whatever you feel or do and two that um there's always something new that we're going to have to fight to improve, which sucks. But mm -hmm. as humanity, like humans, we can do it. And I think that kind of what Mark said, like he more or less was kind of chosen to be like mm. something he didn't expect, but he was able to handle it in his own way. And now he's back and he's helping a lot of people, which is very important. Yeah. He's so. kind of like Jesus. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> He's kind of like gay horror Jesus. I love it. No, I want a shirt that says that. Oh my God. With yes, Mark's please. face on it. And I think what you said was extremely beautiful. That touched me. I'm yeah. actually queer asexual. Aww. And I just came out this year. Well, and congrats. Thank you. Happy Pride Month. Yeah. Thank Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Um, and it is, I think, so um interesting that i feel like 90 percent of horror fans are gay and people of color and then the rest are allies or the rest are are straight people mm -hmm. um so i think it's really important that um uh we talk about queerness and horror because there is so much of it mm -hmm. and i mean you can find it in every film I mean, and Abby and I really try to yeah, <laughs> find yeah. the queer yeah. subtext in every film. And um, I think that there's still, uh, obviously, like you said, there's still a lot of homophobia, but there's still a lot of homophobia in the horror community. Yes. A lot. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we even see sort of some of it in this when they're yeah. talking about like, uh, it's like not really my favorite <sighs> on so Nightmare on Elm Street. And oh, if you go to Mark, like he kind of touches your chest and the guy's like, well, I don't want him to do that, you know? Yeah. And I'm uh, like, that, oh, that yeah. pissed me off so much that those guys, because he did, he totally did the like straight guy, you know, with the effeminate yeah, hand. No homo. Yeah, no homo. It's like, fuck this guy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think having this documentary in general is super important yeah. to show like the queer community and yeah. how yeah. there's a lot of us and there's a lot of allies, but yeah. there are a lot of, there are, there is still a lot of homophobia mm -hmm. in yeah. the horror community and sexism they, and, and racism. Sexism and yeah, racism. Yeah. They also, Absolutely. They even say at one point that, that conventions themselves are very closeted. And I was like, that's so fascinating and upsetting mm. to me too. And we we just had um, director Adam Mason on the show, and like I'm still upset because one of the last things that we talked about was his experiences. He was saying that like just as a filmmaker, he has experienced like the most toxic shit 
that he's ever experienced in the horror community. And I'm like, there's, there's unfortunately this undercurrent in the horror community of just toxic mindset, whether that's homophobia or bullying, or you can't like Ari Aster's movies because <laughs> they're pretentious pieces of shit. So you're a pretentious piece of shit. Like I encounter that all the time. Like there, there's just so much toxicity it's... in the community and, there's and, a lot of gatekeeping for sure. Yes. And and I'm so glad that this movie really ends on such an uplifting note and emphasizing the kind of outsider status that so many horror fans have that that like I just want to like get all the toxic shitheads out. Like I want to be like let's reclaim this community <laughs> for the the outsiders who are good people and aren't here to like kick people in 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 the face you know what i mean like it's we may like cruel movies but like we should be kind to each other well i like horror movies for the same reason that that one gentleman was talking about and that's like the final girl she like always beats her bullies yeah yeah she always wins and i'm like yeah that's exactly right why i got into horror because like i was bullied i had my problems yeah Yeah. and there are always these badass cool chicks like they said that were always like a little tough little tomboy you know girls like me or that wanted to be like and they always like kicked ass and took names and yeah yeah they were always the cool ones. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, I personally, like when it comes to the Nightmare on Elm Street films, I love the first two because, mm-hmm. because they are so different from each other, Yeah, but because, um, having Mark be a male identifying scream queen yeah. is so great. And seeing those men, seeing the men, the gay men at the end of the film talking about how, oh my gosh, they love Mark. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, I looked up to him and he's so great, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, like everybody, this is why it's so important to have somebody who quote unquote looks like you on yeah. screen mm-hmm. yeah, because it does make you feel like you're not alone. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, yeah. I'm still mad at that writer who's like no one told you to dance like that it's like oh my god the man can dance back (laughs) off i i just want to say that's the best part of the movie yeah yeah, i i just it's i I just want to say i love freddy's revenge i i as i said i watched it a few years ago and i was like this movie is so over the top gay and it's so unbelievable that it existed in 1985 yes and as i was watching it i was like i i just love the fact that this exists and it is a like a mainstream horror franchise it's the it's best the sequel to a huge horror <laughs> hit huge hit and, and it's it, so gay it's so gay it's great it's wonderful i think i just think we need more movies like it to be honest yes. i yes. want yes. more male scream queens i want them right there's, now there's definitely some stuff to unpack there that we probably don't have time to uh but we could spend a lot of time on the the fact that somehow quote supposedly this escaped the director's yeah, radar and all this stuff like how to me i'm like how repressed would you have to be to to be filming in a gay club to be filming um you know smacking a, a bear a man's bare ass with a towel in the in the showers while he's tied up and be like we mean we mean this is what 
this is gay i no. feel like what like how repressed i feel like does you have to be as a society to not be like oh yeah this is a sexuality and it's called i truly <laughs> believe like, i truly yeah. believe some people are that repressed though yeah 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 i do i just was so I just mad don't think he was yeah <laughs> I, I definitely mean, it seems that way you yeah. know i believe it you know i was just so mad because i was like clearly if you switch these two characters with females you would have like a porn on your hand like you would literally <laughs> be fighting like hmm. so it's like of course you know what you're doing like of course yeah oh, he makes me mad i don't like the director yeah, i'm mad at no. him yeah yeah, that's that's a whole thing. <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much for helping me see that ending. I think there was so much building up to that at yeah. the end that I was just like, Ugh! like I was like so cringed <laughs> out. Yeah. So, but you're right. Like there is that arc, and I appreciate yeah. the ending of the film much more now. So that's awesome. I I will say I was getting very squirmy like oh, at points because it's so it so is, squirmy. It's so uncomfortable. Like, oh. it, uh, but but I think it's. Exactly. It's, I think it's meant to be uncomfortable, and yes. and I think the movie is doing what it's what it's trying to do. That's right. It's not art if it doesn't make you uncomfortable. Boom. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, we could go with that. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. not Let's... life if yes. it doesn't make you uncomfortable. There we go. <laughs> All right. Um. So it's about wrap up time, and we have two questions that we need to answer. Normally. Uh, we I would usually ask was no. is this movie scary? But it doesn't exactly apply for a couple reasons. So instead, we're changing it up a bit, and I'm gonna ask: Was this movie effective? Absolutely, because um, I think it's a great, obviously, a great conversation film. Yeah. Like what we just had here, like talking about our opinions and how it made us feel yeah. and what we felt like was going on in the horror community at the time and now and how there's so much, still so much homophobia going on in the horror community. I think this is a great film to have available especially on it's on shutter right now yeah um i think it's shutter exclusive so i'm sure it's not yep. going to go anywhere soon from there um so to have that available to the masses i think is really important so yeah i agree it's very effective i agree um i, I think it, it's highly effective I mean, I the, I think the last thing I wrote in my notes was, I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> um, I definitely teared up at the end. Like, it's so... I felt like I was on a journey with, with Mark and what he went through, and I loved how this movie really took you from the beginning of his story, because it, it really is about him, where he started, you know, the kind of... Like, his... You know, I said in the in the intro, I think like his fall. You know, it, at least to him, it, it must have felt like a fall. Like he he disappeared on purpose from Hollywood and everyone, and you know the people he knows in Mexico where he was staying didn't even know that he was a, an actual movie star. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, he starred in a movie and then he just decided to vanish. And so the... his his boyfriend didn't even know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like he was like, oh yeah. Um, but... His boyfriend was cute. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god! I'm sorry, but Mark was living the dream. Has he a was. little shop on a dirt mm -hmm. road in Mexico yes. with a hot boyfriend. Yes, and a cute little dog. I yeah. was like, I yes. want this. Yeah, yeah, that's legit. That's legit. Um, but but yeah, I think uh, like the way that it ended on such an uplifting note. I, I was like, 
I'm I'm so glad that he's out there doing what he's doing. I mean, we've talked about how weird the convention thing is, but like he's clearly out there representing something yeah. that this community needs and I, I just want to see more people like Mark, you know, who are who are bringing a voice to underrepresented communities and and being that face and and bringing that positive message to people. So I I think this movie did that for me. So I, I think it's very effective. Yeah. I this movie. Yes, it's effective. Um, I was going to say. Terrible. I changed my mind. (laughs) It's so effective that first it made me really upset at myself that I didn't say hi to Mark. I will definitely pay the money next time to say hi to him. Um, Just like slip him a note and be like, like, you're awesome. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's good to be reminded of things that we're still working on as well. Yeah. And I really appreciated how this movie not only was like his path but also like the lgbtq plus community in general's path and then it just like in hollywood as well right. um because i remember people making fun of rock cuts and even growing up so I oh feel my god like, yes i feel like it's just it it's good it's and it's good for people who didn't know about it to learn about it so i think it's an extremely effective movie i'm going to be recommending it to like everyone Mm -hmm. and yeah i like mark now he is horror jesus horror movie jesus and we need shirts yeah it made me want to take that professor's class yes i was like can i like can you do a virtual course that i pay for for real because i'm like you know we do this horror podcast and i'm like you know i I want to explore more of not just queer theory, but but gender theory, everything as it relates mm-hmm. to these horror films, because there is so much symbolism. There's there's so much having to do with with gender, with sexuality, as you said, Gracie. And, you know, I, I find it really fascinating. And this movie is making me think even more about that kind of stuff. So I have awesome. lots of literature to share with you yeah please do (laughs) so i'll take pictures of my library would it would it be okay if we share those things with our listeners as well oh my god everyone needs to read about (laughs) queer horror theory and gender horror theory i've got lots of resources okay awesome yeah that would be great okay and so our second question that we need to answer is does this movie have lasting appeal yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes it does absolutely I really hope that, you know, more people watch this movie. It's it's a documentary, so I don't think that many people watch a lot of documentaries. And I, I have a feeling, I, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about, like, how few user reviews there are out there for this movie. So I don't, I don't think this movie is particularly well known or, or widely viewed. And I, yeah, which is surprising to me, quite mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think... It, it is an important movie for a lot of reasons, not just for like, f- again, like fans of the Nightmare on Elm Street series need to watch this movie to understand the context for that second movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like even if they hate the second movie, watch this documentary. You might still hate it. You might hate Mark Patton. I don't know. But like, <laughs> but you, you, you should watch this movie. And I think it, I think it's at least worthwhile to understand some cultural history yes. of the United States, regardless yeah. of your opinions. Yeah. Right. Right. There's a, Oh, can I just say, um, this movie gave me vibes, um, a, like, 
reminded me uh, quite a bit of another movie that I watched about the AIDS pandemic that I have to recommend to people. It was called How... I believe it was called How to Survive a Plague. Mm-hmm. I don't know if mm-hmm. either of you have watched that. I haven't. But... I, I haven't, but I've heard of it. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. because AIDS was the... It was the, powerful. Yeah, AIDS is the... Um, the forgotten pandemic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we talk about the one a hundred so years ago, but we miss we always forget this one. Yes. Yeah. And it is so that documentary is so upsetting and, and this movie is like that documentary light, you know, and, and mm. there, there's that middle section here where they're talking about the AIDS pandemic. That one is really intense and there's a couple scenes and stuff in that movie that I was just like, <gasps> like, <laughs> like left kind of spree- speechless because I was mm. like, this is so fucking powerful. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I, th- I think that this has those echoes of, as Carrie said, such an important period in our history that people don't often think about. And I think because it affected um, the queer community more than straight people, it's like, oh, you know, mainstream culture doesn't want to think about it anymore. Well, that and the African-American community. Yes, right, 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 right. Yeah, true. Okay, well, so some factoids for reference about this movie. So I could not find any box office numbers for the movie. It it, it only had, I think, a limited release theatrically, and then it was uh, released to video and, and DVD. So no numbers here, but I'm a little bit upset by this. In total, on Rotten Tomatoes audience reviews, there were only 24 I'm going to oh, go wow. make an account. I yeah. Actually, yeah, I was actually going to write a review for this movie because I, I do think more people need to see it. And then similarly, IMDb, there's only 23 reviews. So Wow, that's really shocking to me because I feel like I knew about this film. I hadn't seen it yet, yep. but I knew about it. So I'm really surprised that not maybe a lot of people were like us or like they knew about it, but just didn't watch it until... Yeah. You know, or maybe now you're bringing light to it, so more people will watch it now. I hope so. I was yeah. thinking, like, timing-wise, I know why they released it in 2020, because, you know, Plague, we were just talking the comparisons. But I feel like people are at a point where they're tired of being depressed, which yeah. I get, but I'm like, this is, you need to fucking watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's not a well, depressing movie. It's, yeah, it's it uplifting. takes you there, but then it, it uplifts you. It, yeah. It, yeah, it made me cringe. But yeah. not, but not depressing, I guess, in in a sense where it's like I can't I, I watch this. Cried yeah, yeah, multiple times. Yeah, I I told you I, I teared up a little bit at the end. Mm. Yeah, I'll I'll admit it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes critic score a hundred percent from yeah. Rotten Tomatoes critics. I did see that. That is the best uh, that we've ever seen. I think uh, the next one maybe was uh, shit. What was it? Um, uh, one cut of the dead maybe was a hundred percent. Um, so Rotten Tomatoes audience score, you know, as I mentioned, not that many reviews, but 94% nice. really yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. IMDb score 7.3 out of 10. That's Still pretty dang high. high. Yeah. For IMDb. Yeah. Yes. That's for good. Sure. I'm yeah. excited. Good yeah. job. So, you know, I think documentaries, uh, draw in an, a more intelligent crowd, you know? Yeah. Um, not to sound like too much of a pretentious jerk, but you know, hey, there it is. I said it. What, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> I like documentaries. People should watch it. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that this was an interesting <laughs> subject with interesting characters yeah. and an interesting story. So, yeah. Um, I think, like you said, like even if you haven't seen 
the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise or even Freddy's Revenge. Like, it's a really interesting story yeah. that will make you feel all kinds of feelings. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So I do have a couple... I have, I have four audience reviews that I wanted to go through and, and see kind of what, what our thoughts are here. I don't um, know these either, so... Yep, Carrie doesn't get to read them beforehand. I'm the only one. Um, nice. There weren't that many, like I said, so I kind of had to scrape the bottom of the barrel here. Um, I'm going to go through these kind of quickly, because like I said, we're, we're getting towards the really the end of the show here, but let, let's go to the people. What do they think? So I want to just say I'm starting with the bad because like this movie I want to end on more of an uplifting note so I'm going to hit us with uh, what I wrote on my sheet as the fuck this guy review because I think fuck this guy this is a 3 out of 10 the title is pretty ridiculous by Heather Bryan dash 72686 good name Heather Bryan that sounds like a lady (laughs) yeah maybe um I think Mark Patton just needed some money. Come on, dude. This movie ruined your life and made you stop acting. More like the movie bombed and you couldn't get a job. So years later, when the world noticed all the gay subtext, I guess it seemed like a good idea to blame your career ending on that. No. This documentary is good if I if, if you want a where are they now for the actor that played Jesse. But, um, but they talked about how the reviews at the time were like... And then David Justin yeah. talked about how oh, it wasn't yeah. gay, blah blah blah. Wish the whole mm. yeah. This person, I feel like they watched maybe the trailer or half of the movie, and they were like, "Meh, I don't care about this guy." Probably. Carrie just has a very upset, deadpan look right now. It's very so, sad. I know. That's so weird. Okay. I knew I was starting with one that's just totally gonna bum us out because. Huh. I'm I'm upset that I was just gonna say, Heather. I hope you don't know anyone that has AIDS. No, oh. because that's very sad. That was. That's. So... I'm not trying to be I mean. Know, I'm being serious. Yeah. Like it's a horrible. There's more to the story, yeah. madam. I just feel like or man or. I just feel like they didn't watch it, like you said. Yeah. I feel like they only watched the trailer and they were totally. like, Mer. Yeah, so. it, for real. Like, because that, that's not, it's really not what the movie's saying or at all. Or they're not a fan of Freddy's Revenge. Right, right. And so they're just mad about that. True. Right. Okay, yeah. whatever. Or, or they love that movie, and so they're like, I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It just weird. doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, that person sucks. Maybe they'll change their ways. I don't know. Uh, so this next one, also negative. And it just seemed weird to me. So I wanted to pull this one out and be like, okay, um, this is another person I just feel like they don't understand. So this is a one out of 10. It's also come, uh, both of these come from IMDb. One star for Mark, zero for filmmakers. This is by I-E-D-I-T-A-V-I-D. I, I did David. I don't know. Whatever. What a great way to catch up with Mark. Too bad the filmmakers have no idea how to tell a story. The use, or in this case, misuse of music, is so dreadful it makes me want to scream, dot, 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 queen. Why? And then, and then this line. Wait for it. Why is every story about a gay man a cautionary tale about AIDS? Because, okay. I Listen, <laughs> let me just say something. Though. I do know some gay friends who hate that a lot of there are a lot of 
gay stories that involve AIDS. Yeah. Because yeah. there's more to the right. experience of being gay than yes. AIDS. Yeah. And I can see people being upset that that's the that they feel like that's the only story being told or the only story people care about hearing. Right. So I do hear I do understand that. However, yeah. This was his actual life, yes. and you can't change That's that. Like, you, you don't get to be like, geez, man, like, why does your story have to be like that? Why it's does like, your well... story have to be about AIDS? <laughs> well, because it's true. Because, yeah, like, what, what do you fuck? want? That's why I was like, okay, I got to pull this one out. And then they, I don't understand their, like, where was the music even you? What are they? I thought the music slapped. Honestly. Yeah, me too. I was. I don't have a problem I with the don't music. Remember the music. The at all. opening. The opening title music. I was like, yeah. this is. I love this. this I love the okay. Okay, I do remember the credits music because I was like, they they seem like they remixed their own movie into a song, and I was like, this is actually pretty cool. I was yeah. like, this is interesting. Yeah. If if someone wants to remix all of our podcast into some oh, kind God. of a song. No. A hundred percent yes, please Carrie, do that. No, don't we'll, do it. We'll play it. I will play it. Carrie, don't, don't bum me out. I want this. All right. This is a dream of mine. All right. I want to be remixed. Okay. <laughs> So, so yeah, I but mean, I was gonna say yeah. I mean, I get that. Piggybacking you know, off what Gracie said, yeah. like I completely get that. And even in the movie, they were taught like saying that not every gay man gets AIDS or yeah. yeah. But again, time period, time frame. Mm-hmm. Nineteen eighty-five, you guys. Uh, you know the height but, of the pandemic right. like and this is his yeah. story yeah this exactly is, you know yeah. and it's not a cautionary tale it's mm-hmm. it's not a cautionary it's tale. the clusterfuck that yeah. life creates yeah yeah exactly yeah it's a journey not a cautionary tale okay uh moving on to the next one so this one uh, we're moving to the positives uh so i want to end on an uplifting note so this is from david l this comes to us from rotten tomatoes this is five out of five stars an utterly honest and at times heartbreaking story about an actor's journey through the years of the AIDS crisis in Hollywood. Watching this brought back memories of a period in time that seems unforgivable while seeking forgiveness and acceptance. Mm. This is a tremendously moving documentary that everyone should see. Kudos. Yeah. I want to clap. I'm like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well said, well spoken. Golfers clap. Yeah, Golf- golfers clap. Um, okay, so the last one, and this one is is more personal, and I I, I don't know, I, I just really this one I thought was great. There's there's a couple typos in here, so if I if I stutter, I don't think this person is the strongest writer, but I thought they had some really interesting things to say. So this is from IMDb, ten out of ten. This is called Breaking the Chains That Silence. This is from Davis Noise. I love this documentary, for I am one of many who saw part two at an early age. I was eight or nine, and it changed me for the better, mainly not feeling alone among my parade of baggage. I already had at an early age. uh, My mother suffered from severe mental disabilities, and my father wasn't far off from Freddie. I watched this with my daughter earlier this year, and she sat there wide-eyed, becoming informed on reality. The doc allowed my daughter to see an honest look at rational and irrational people, the fame and the shame machine, and it allowed for me to discuss with her about HIV and AIDS. She asked me a lot of questions because of this documentary. I am grateful beyond measure, um, as... I think this movie being a compass for the plethora of possibilities that surround one. Seeing Mark's strength has undoubtedly helped her. Love and thank yous. 
That's very sweet. It's so sweet. I'm like, this is great. And that's that's why I think this movie is effective and it has lasting appeal. And I, I don't think it's as widely viewed as I, I would like it to be. But if it's reaching these people, I feel like that review is so indicative of like what Mark is doing at these conventions and these communities and these these events and stuff. Right. And I think like going back to what I was saying at the very beginning... I'm just a cringe monster, I guess. <laughs> but like the fact that he does make it special and he yeah. does make it like a great experience for these people is why I'm like, this is like what it needs to be. It needs to be this really special mm-hmm. experience. And yeah. the, so the fact that he does have this pedestal in the community where he can like <laughs> be at these horror conventions and stuff and and be there for the lgbtq plus community as you know who are in horror uh or into horror um yeah. is really important so i really do appreciate that part of it for sure yeah that made me cry he <laughs> saved the little babies' lives yeah saved the little people that's right yeah oh little carrie I like people. They help <laughs> others. I feel it. I was. Ho- I'm like so glad that made you cry, Carrie. Because I'm Stop like, I hope, I hope this makes Carrie cry. This Stop is good. Stop it. <laughs> She's gonna cry. Come on. You didn't cry during the movie, and I teared up. So we gotta reverse it. Fine. All right. I am stopping crying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, Gracie, as we near the end of this episode, is there anything you want to tell our listeners? I mean, you have an awesome podcast. Are you guys on hiatus? What's happening? We are currently on maternity leave. My co-host is due to have a baby literally any day now (laughs) by the time this releases she might already have had her baby i don't know but (laughs) Um, congratulations yes congratulations baby yes (laughs) so another little baby it's gonna be um yeah it's in just like from today like she's due in like two days basically so i know we'll see but (laughs) (laughs) it's been a tough pregnancy if you listen to our (laughs) podcast you've heard her kind of moan about (laughs) being pregnant but um yeah but um we ladies are such whiners god (laughs) 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 but um we should be back in september so um yeah so until then um i've been writing some blog posts on our patreon um you can be any tier on patreon it starts at two dollars but i think you can give even just as low as a dollar on our patreon and you can read um, some of the blog posts I'm doing actually came out on uh, Patreon to our patrons. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I wrote a blog post about asexuality in horror. Very and nice. I so talked cool. about my experience and um, examples in the horror uh, where I saw asexuality oh, that's so cool. coded. Yeah. yeah. So. If anyone wants to read that, you can join our Patreon. Um, I'm currently working on our website to make our website uh, more user-friendly. So that will probably be done in a few weeks or a few months. So I'll try to get that done as soon as I can. But until then, um, everyone can listen to our show on anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, um, Podbean, I don't know, like all the <laughs> Google, Google Play, all the all the popular places you can listen, and um, you can follow us on social media. Just type in "Good Morning Nancy" and we should pop up. Yay! Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, and we'll we'll link to you and everything. I mean, you guys have quite a backlog, so for our listeners, definitely check out Gracie's podcast. It's "Good Morning Nancy." 
it, it's so good and and i always learn uh, so much I, exactly it's so informative it's so thoughtful just like gracie Aww. as you heard in this episode thank you now I feel bad that I kind of felt weird about the movie at first. <laughs> well, that, no, I mean... You're I'm, entitled I'm, to your opinion. I'm glad. Like, I'm actually really glad that you brought that perspective because I do think, like I said, that was one of the first reactions that I kind of encountered reading about this movie and, and even some big publications that reviewed the movie. They had similar things to say. So um, it was really cool uh, to, to not just be, like, gushing over this the whole time. Okay. I, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's a lot you, of you both did change my mind about the ending though because i do yeah. realize like yes there definitely was an arc and i do see that now so yeah. thank you yeah. but, awesome <laughs> but it is such a good film and it's so important yeah. to the community for sure so if you like what you heard i mean obviously subscribe to gracie's mm-hmm. podcast but if you haven't subscribed to ours you should do that. Yeah, what are you doing? Hell like yeah. right now. <laughs> Hit that little button so you don't miss an episode. And be sure to check out the other awesome podcasts at Ortis Studios by visiting ortisstudios.com. That's O-R-D-I-S studios.com. And lastly, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for news and uh, announcements. 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 Oh, uh, you, you usually go announcements. <laughs> I do. I was mixing it up. (laughs) It was good. It was good. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.